In the name of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Will all the kids and teens up through the 12th grade please come forward? Even after this period of time, I still can't do it, don't you? Watch. <laughs> Good morning. Happy feast day. Which day is it? Daylight savings. What? Daylight savings. <laughs> Daylight savings? <laughs> That's right. You are right about that. But if there's even a greater feast day in the church... This is a feast day that churches all over the world are celebrating. It's called the Feast of All Saints. All the saints of God. Who, who is a saint of God? Hmm? Anybody in here who's a saint of God, raise your hand. Everybody in here should be raising their hand. Do you believe in the Lord Jesus? Are you trying to follow Jesus? Are you baptized? You are a saint of God. Yes, you are. Well, you're, are you, do you believe in the Lord Jesus? And if you're not baptized, we can make that happen. Okay? I know, but your mama does. Your mama knows if you are. Let me, tell, let me say something. You know, we think this is all there is. How many of you lived and walked through yesterday? Did anybody get through yesterday? How many of you are walking through today? Everybody is, right? What about tomorrow? Are you going to walk through tomorrow? And the next day? And the next day? We tend to think that's all there is. Just the way we walk through life, that's all. There's nothing else. But I want you to know, and this great feast of all saints helps to remind us that there's so much greater than what we do every day. That day in and day out, those things that we do, there's so much greater than that. In fact, the scriptures, the Bible's full of it. It's talking about, okay, where's God? Remind me. Where is God? In heaven. In heaven? And where else is that? Also here, right? So God's everywhere. But he's seated on his throne in heaven, isn't he? Isn't he? And, and who's surrounding the throne of God. Well, Jesus is seated at the right hand. Who else is? Who? Angels and and saints. Angels and saints of God. People just like us who have already lived on this planet and have walked through the life loving and serving the Lord. And when they die, they go to be with the Lord. And they're surrounding the throne of God right now. Even while we're sitting here this day, there's a whole company of saints and angels surrounding God and singing and praising God, just like we're singing and praising God here this morning. Except they do it full time, all the time, and they, and they rejoice in it. They, they don't get bored. They're not sorry they went up to heaven. They're not sorry that, they, that they're singing praises to God. You know, sometimes we get so caught up in this life that we say, 
I don't know if I'll go to church today. But when we come to church, what do we do? We sing praises to God. We read his holy word. And he's here with us. God is here with us in a wonderful way. And so on this All Saints Day, we not only remember that we are called by God to be saints of God, but that hundreds and hundreds and millions and millions of others all the way since the beginning of even creation have, have believed in the Lord Jesus. And, now, and, when they, and when they die, just as when I die and when you die, we're all going to be with each other and God in heaven for those who believe. And I, I can't, I mean, I don't, I'm not ready to go right now, but I can't wait till that day. I can't wait because I'll be with the whole company of saints. We're just a little part of it here. Just a little bitty part. Where, oh, everywhere are saints and angels of God. They're surrounding us right now. Isn't that wonderful to think about that, to know that? To know that we're not here by ourselves and it's not just about me walking through every day, but it's about the Lord and the saints and all those who, just like us, love the Lord our God. What about cherubims? Cherubims are angels, yes. All the angels of God that love the Lord and are following his commandments. Think about these things. This is a great day, okay? Thank you for coming up here and being with me. There is a packet, if you want one, from Mr. Shane over there. So go get a packet if, if, you, want to, if you want to color. And if not, just go sit down. Okay, Connor, you ready? Go. Thank you. Good morning, saints. All Saints Day is actually on November the 1st every year, um, but in the church we celebrate it on the Sunday following November the 1st, and so this is that Sunday we celebrate all the saints of God in heaven and on earth and all those who will come after us. For those of you who are visiting for the first time, uh, I always like to start my sermon with what some people call jokes. Just to get people's attention, that's all. So for the first time in many years, this old man traveled from his rural town to the city to attend a movie in the theater. And after buying his ticket, he stops at the concession stand and, and the attendant says, that'll be $15 for the popcorn. And handing the attendant the $15, he says, the last time I came to the movies, popcorn was only 15 cents. And the attendant replied with a grin, well, sir, you're really going to enjoy yourself. We have sound now. <laughs> and then there was a six-year-old who goes to the hospital with his grandma to visit grandpa. And when they get to the hospital, he runs ahead of Grandma and burst into Grandpa's room. Grandpa, Grandpa, he says excitedly. As soon as Grandma comes into the room, make a noise like a frog. And Grandpa says, what? 
He says, make a noise like a frog because grandma said that as soon as you croak, we're going to Disneyland. (laughs) One more. There's this old couple sitting in their living room. When the old woman leans over, says to the old man, Remember when we were younger and you used to hold my hand? And the old man grabs the hand of the old woman. And then she says, remember when we were younger and you used to put your arm around me? And the old man puts his arm around the old woman. And then she says, remember when we were younger and you used to nibble at my ear? And to the old woman's surprise, the man gets up off the couch and starts to walk away. Honey, where are you going, she says. And the old man replies, I'm going to get my dentures. (laughs) These are old people jokes. Like myself. You know, one of my favorite All Saints stories is about a group of Christians from the United States who quite a few years ago visited Nicaragua. And while they were there, one young man from that group was killed by the Contras. And a memorial service was held the following Sunday. And the church was filled not only with the Americans from the United States, but also with members from that congregation who knew what it was like to lose someone they loved because of all the turmoil and the death caused by the war. And they came to that part of the service that we call the prayers of the people. And someone called out a name, and in one voice, everyone in the congregation responded, Presente. And another name was called out, and once again, the the response came back, Presente. This happened at least 20 times, 20 names being called out and each time presente. And the minister leading the group of people from the United States, the Christians, did not understand what was happening until he heard the name Oscar Romero. And then he realized that all the names being called were those of persons who had died. And from that moment on, he joined in shouting presente. That shout, presente, in that worship service was a way of proclaiming the communion of saints. And the same thing can be done in this parish family. People who have died in the last few weeks or months or years, Margie Jones, presente. Liz Piercy, presente. Nancy Keeson, presente. Jim Boyd, Presente, June Powell, Presente, and on and on and on we could go. Now certainly this act of calling out the names of people who have died does not create a definition of sainthood because everyone who has died is not a saint even though that might be our hope. Death does not define or make a saint. You know, most often we use that word saint when we refer to someone as kind of a spiritual 
giant who bears some distinction because of his or her relationship with Jesus Christ. But the concept of saint has always been more inclusive than that. The word saint in the first ages of the early church as depicted in the Bible in the New Testament is but one of the many names for all members of the church, for all believers and followers of Jesus Christ. They were also known as the disciples. They were known as the believers. They were known as the brethren. They were known as those who follow the way. And in some far out of the way places, they were even called and known as the Christians. The title saint is obviously used not to distinguish between ordinary and exalted Christians, but to distinguish Christians from non-Christians, the baptized from the, the unbaptized. Because once we get right down to the nitty gritty of whom those spiritual giants are, we see that they lived ordinary human lives, loving God the best way they knew how. And isn't that what we're trying to do? Let's take a look at St. Polycarp, and I want to do this because this coming Wednesday in our Equipping the Saints class, uh, we're talking about the apostolic and post-apostolic uh, fathers. I want to talk today about St. Polycarp, a bishop of the church. Imagine what it must have been like for the Christians in Smyrna as they watched their beloved and aged pastor Polycarp burn to death in public just because he was a Christian. Polycarp was a personal disciple of the Apostle John. As an old man, he was the bishop of the church at Smyrna in Asia Minor, which is present-day Turkey. Persecution against the Christians broke out there, and believers were being fed to the wild beasts in the arena. The crowd began to call for the Christians' leader, Polycarp, the bishop. And so the authorities, they sent out a search party to bring him in, and they tortured two slave boys to reveal where Polycarp was being hidden. It was a Friday afternoon. Polycarp was resting upstairs in a country home. And they came in like a posse, fully armed as if they were arresting this dangerous criminal. Polycarp's friends wanted, wanted to sneak him out, but he refused, saying, God's will be done. In one of the most touching instances of Christian grace imaginable, Polycarp welcomed his captors as if they were friends, and he spoke with them, and he ordered food and drink to be served to them. And then Polycarp made one request, one hour to pray before they took him away. The officers overhearing his prayers, which actually went on for two hours, they began to have second thoughts. What? are we doing, taking and arresting this old man like this? Despite the cries of the crowd, the Roman authorities saw the senselessness of making this aged man a martyr. And so when Polycarp was brought into the arena, the proconsul pled with him, curse Christ and I will release you. Polycarp's reply, 
86 years have I served him. He has never done me wrong. How then can I blaspheme my king who has saved me? The proconsul reached for an acceptable way out. Then do this, old man. Just swear by the genius of the emperor, and that will be sufficient. And Polycarp's reply, if you imagine for a moment that I would do that, then I think you pretend that you don't know who I am. Hear it plainly. I am a Christian. The proconsul then threatened him with the wild beasts. Polycarp's reply, bring them forth. It would change my mind if it meant going from the worst to the better, but not to change from the right to the wrong. The proconsul's patience was gone. I will have you burned alive. Polycarp's reply, you threaten fire that burns for an hour and is over, but the judgment on the ungodly is forever. The fire was prepared. Polycarp lifted his eyes to heaven and he prayed, Father, I bless you that you have deemed me worthy of this day, of this hour, that I might take a portion of the martyrs in the cup of Christ. Among these, may I today be welcomed before thy face as a rich and acceptable sacrifice. And the fire engulfed him. He was finished off with the stab of a dagger. His followers gathered his remains like precious jewels, buried them on February the 22nd. The year was probably 155 AD. In the strange way known to the eyes of faith, it was as much a day of triumph as it was a day of tragedy. Polycarp is not a saint of the church because he was a bishop or because his whole life was exemplary or even because he had great courage, the courage of a martyr. No, Polycarp is a saint of God because his life is living proof that Jesus Christ is Lord. It's the same kind of proof that is found in our lives when we take seriously our own baptismal vows the vows and promises we make to God and to his church, the vows we find ourselves renewing over and over again every time we have a baptism. Do you turn to Jesus Christ and confess him as your Lord and Savior? I do. Do you put your whole trust in his grace and love? I do. Will you obediently keep God's holy will and commandments and walk in them all the days of your life? I will, the Lord being my helper. You see, that's what makes saints living day in and day out trying to keep those vows and promises. In the earliest baptismal liturgies, after the person had been baptized, he or she would appear before the bishop who would embrace the new Christian. And then the bishop would do something of great significance. The bishop would dip his thumb or his finger into oil and make the sign of the cross on the forehead of the new Christian as we still do today. This is known as the signation, the sign of the cross 
upon the person's forehead is like a brand to show ownership. Just as sheep are marked to show ownership, Christians are marked by baptism to show who owns us and to which flock we belong. Every one of us has a brand on our foreheads. Every one of us who is baptized is signed and sealed with the cross of Christ, either literally or figuratively. That's what the Apostle Peter tells us. He tells us that this brand signifies that we are a chosen race, that we are a royal priesthood, that we are a holy nation, that we are God's own people. Young and old, we are those who have been chosen by God. And that choice determines everything about us and everything in our lives, the way we live our lives. We were no people who have become God's people. And I know that it's easy in the midst of life to forget who we are and to whom we belong. And so the church is here to remind us and to remind one another, especially on days like today, the Feast of All Saints, that we have been bought with the price, that someone greater than us has named us and claimed us and seeks us and loves us with only one good reason in mind. And that reason is so that he might love us forever into eternity. And so I say to you, touch your forehead and feel the brand marks on your forehead and remember your baptism. Remember that you are a saint of God and be thankful for this is who you are. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen.